0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Drew Review. Uh, This week, for the first time ever, we recorded this live uh, on Twitch, and then we put it up on YouTube as well. So just know that from now on, if you'd rather see our uh, bright, shining face instead of just hearing our voices, you can catch us at youtube.com slash the underscore Drew underscore review or at our Twitch, which has the exact same handle. So check it out and enjoy this week's episode. finally live we did it everything looking good drl baby drl what is up everybody this is the first ever edition of the uh drew review podcast uh, that'll ever be live so thank you twitch for your awesome tech uh and zoom meeting and discord and uh streamlabs obs and whatever other tech google, chrome. Yeah. google chrome <laughs> yeah big big ups for all your free tools um This is exciting, Justin.
1: I'm hyped. I'm super stoked. This is like, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. So like, I'm really excited to actually get it going.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, we feel bad. We kind of went dark on everybody for a few weeks there. I haven't really been posting on the Insta either. So sorry if your like meme quota hasn't been hit recently, everybody. Uh, We just really want to focus on figuring out how to get this show on video and live to everybody. So yeah, we're really, really excited uh, to do the first ever one. We're kind of doing a bit of a rebrand uh drew review podcast doesn't really flow on twitch so we have rebranded it to uh drl tv uh we're really really psyched uh mtv please don't sue us (laughs) we we want to give all credit where credit is due um you know carson daly please don't come after me don't hit my dms or do if you want to come on like whatever i mean yeah unless it's good stuff yeah Yeah. if you have something nice to say we would love to hear from you carson dave um Anyways, yeah, we're really, really excited. We were figuring out what we wanted to do for our first live episode. Um, we wanted to do, you know, we figured it has to be the thing that we're most passionate about talking about movies. It's probably the uh, only
1: thing that we ever talk about.
0: Yeah. I mean, even like, that's the thing is like, we have this show, but like, even when we're in the off, like, I will tell Justin just things I'm and Like, we we, I think sometimes it seems like it's for show. I feel like we used to agree on like nearly everything about yeah. movies and like later in life we have had some like very like staunch differences of opinion.
1: Yeah. And I like kinda, it. it it's kind of wild actually that like how different our opinions have gotten for sure. And then like, I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day. Like we went to dinner when last time I was there in San Diego and we literally, it was me, you, Casey and John. And all we did was talk about movies like the entire time yeah. we sat there. And so it's like, it's part of our blood at this point. Like this is all we do.
0: Yeah, yeah it is. And, we should also note that for two guys that, like, kind of claim to, like, live and breathe movies, we saw so few movies this year, and I feel really bad about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I was going through, like, the the releases from this year so far, and, like, you know, there, there just weren't, like, a ton of big movies that came out, because, like, everything was overshadowed by the Avengers and, and Captain Marvels of the world, so, like you know we're i just feel like we're not quite into that like back half of the we're obviously not in the back half of the year yet when like actually all the good movies start to come out and so that's kind of like what we're where we're sitting right now so like it i i feel like i always feel this way in the summertime because it's just like what do we have right now that's been any good and like how do we i don't know even make a list of five movies that we've really liked this year but i actually was able to find like a couple decent ones that i've that i feel like were pretty good
0: I uh when I was looking back at it I was like, oh, that was this year. Some of these seemed like they were a while back. Yeah. Um I'll mention which ones I kind of thought like I must have assumed were 2018 movies. Right. Um I was bummed a few movies that I got to give a shout out to up top that just just missed the cut. Uh were a lot of the holiday movies. Mm-hmm. I was like a, a big fan of the going to the movies last holiday and like Mary Poppins Returns. I am so sorry I cannot put you on my list. <laughs> You are everything I want in a film and more. Um, I cried during watching you. So uh, I'm sorry you could not make my list. But I think we got some good ones on here that'll give a pretty good insight into uh, into what we're all about.
1: Yeah. I mean, the biggest one that I think I left off with I left off Avengers just because like same. It's just like it's fine. But like I did put another movie of the same category on there. So I don't know. It's just like Avengers was great because it was like such a, you know, it was like a cultural event. And like more of like a cinematic experience, but like as for like the movie itself is like fine, I guess.
0: I'm going to be real. I think their crowning achievement uh, will be infinity war Mm -hmm. like forever. Yeah. I I remember seeing that and being like, Oh, I am into this like in a big way. Yeah. Uh, And this one had a little bit of the, the the time travel logic didn't really click for me in a way that was super interesting. And I think when you have in a, such a plot important series, for the plot to go kind of wonky is uh is kind of weird it seems strange that they would put the entire ending of like this phase of the marvel cinematic universe on right. like a time travel plot line
1: yeah i and like i think what was so good about infinity war 2 was just like it was so shocking like you were like like the fact that half the people died like or half the people disappeared or whatever it's just like crazy how shocking that was for like a marvel fan because like, you're so used to watching marvel movies that have the same ending that like it looks like it's gonna go bad and then it goes good and so like this one was like looks like it was gonna go bad and then it went bad which is a really cool yeah. place to leave us off on
0: no absolutely i think uh as a white guy with a podcast can i make a star wars reference
1: <laughs> uh, it's like the only acceptable one to make I go right
0: ahead. sir. uh no dude i think there's a definitely like empire strikes back versus return of the jedi comparison to be made where it's like everyone likes empire mm-hmm. i mean you know maybe not everyone but i i think that's the general consensus on the best star wars movie and like i think there's something way more raw about seeing people lose stuff right than seeing people magically gain it back right you know yeah totally so let's get into it justin what is your number five for the year
1: so my number five for the year was i had to i had to throw this one in there because there i didn't feel like there were a lot of great movies but like this i felt like was a pretty decent rom-com and it's always be my maybe i feel like like, so okay so like i watched the trailer for it which is not something that I normally do, but, like, you know how on Netflix it automatically plays. like, I was like, all right, I guess I'll watch this. Um, And, like, I felt like I had watched the whole movie just by watching the trailer, and then I was reminded, aggressively reminded, that that, that's just how rom-coms work, is, like, you just get (laughs) That's just the way that they work. Um, And so I was like, all right, whatever, I'll give it a shot. And I I I thought it was, like, a really nice... Just like a nice rom com, like I enjoyed it. I thought that like the Keanu Reeves scenes were like s- super funny. And like this, I mean, to be fair, like I don't know any Keanu Reeves movies. Like I've never seen. Really, I've never seen a single. one. You movie. never
0: saw Speed or The Matrix. Never
1: saw Speed. Bill and never Dad. saw The Matrix. Bill and Ted, John Wick. Never seen a single John- Keanu Reeves movie.
0: Who? What planet are you from? Just
1: like these dude, are classics. I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just like I never got. I just never got it i guess is really what it came down to so yeah i think um i i i was funny to see him in that type of role where like he was kind of like playing him like a character of himself but like there was probably some similarities like how he actually is in real life i'm sure um and uh i thought the two main actors were so good and the their chemistry was kind of like a little awkward and so i i don't feel like it necessarily was a fully believable story throughout the whole thing but i do feel like it was uh it was a fun one to watch for sure
0: yeah this this movie was on my top five until i went to the movies last night not to spoil anything ahead uh but um this is just a great like really competent rom-com and i think in like years past maybe this wouldn't have been close to considered top five but it just shows like man i miss lighthearted mm-hmm. easygoing and like really actually funny romantic right. fare like so much of it is i think either a full we get maybe like twice a year now which is a shame but twice a year, like two big studio comedies right maybe uh and then we have this other separate string of romance movies that kind of fall more along the nicholas sparks teen drama romance yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like kids with cancer falling in love is still like a very very popular so
1: such it's like a genre it's like its own genre it's crazy
0: yeah and it's crazy to me that there's more of those getting made than like legit rom-com rom-coms and i miss rom-coms and i i had a great time watching this everyone i was with was laughing the keanu reeves cameo is one of the best uses of a person playing themselves Mm -hmm. in maybe of all time like this definitely goes on the list uh, his intensity and willingness to make himself look bad and commit to a bit was so good. He's so cool. It's, I am uh, a yeah. big Keanu Reeves fan. Yeah. I can attest to, like, he's supposedly the coolest guy on the planet. And yeah. I just believe it. He's kind of becoming one of those Bill Murray esque characters mm-hmm. where he, like, pops up and people are, like,
1: cr- telling crazy Keanu stories. And you don't
0: know what's real or what's not because all of it
1: now seems believable. I'm just I'm really excited to like watch Keanu Reeves age and just like how or not age yeah or, or yeah or age in reverse but like uh just like when he gets to the age that Bill Murray is right now and just like kind of like how how much people adore him now like I feel like that's gonna those two things are gonna be which is crazy to think that the adoration of Bill Murray could ever be like I don't know replicated Compared or to, yeah yeah to somebody <laughs> else but like I think that if we're going to get it from anybody, it's it seems like it's going to be him.
0: Yeah, and he's kind of had that like weird career that just stays relevant without ever being the ultimate number one guy in Hollywood. I mean, right. Speed, I-, I was too young to know, you know, in, in I think 96 when they did Speed, whether he was the biggest guy in America, mm-hmm. I could see it. Like him and Sandra Bullock, that's a great romance. That kind of launched her career. Right. Uh, Bill and Ted was definitely more of a, specifically for kids and teens and Mm kind of young people so i don't think it would have been but i mean the matrix was huge but it's not like everyone was like who is keanu reeves out with you know what i mean i think he's just one of those guys who quietly does great work yeah uh, and does projects that are interesting to him and has enough money now to fully kind of do that with the john wick series which i think is the culmination of everything he's about it he's like a double black belt in jujitsu does like almost all of his own stunts other than someone said basically the only time he's not doing his stunts is when he gets hit by a car <laughs> because like the insurance company won't allow yeah. it it's
1: not like Vinny chase in that uh like later se- season of entourage where he wants to do his own stunt and he drives into yeah. the burning building <laughs> <laughs> oh my god by the way first time
0: viewers get ready for entourage references'
1: we're, we're rolling with him
0: we're we're here for him yeah. uh but yeah no I think that's a great pick Randall Park uh is is definitely kind of been on the scene for a while. Yeah. Uh I think is gonna keep being on the scene. Ali Wong, I think this is her like acting debut or like I'm... official
1: big big role. Yeah, so they know, they I did they write it, direct it, and produce it? They did they did two of the three, I think, or maybe they did all three. I'm not sure.
0: I think she came up with the story. Um we might have to fact check that. I see. know that funny story they actually met at a UCLA theater company. They there were with a ton of other uh, young Asian American people that kind of wanted to do it. And uh, Randall Park didn't really know he wanted to be an actor and then kind of fell into it by doing some creative stuff for them. Yeah, so and,
1: they but they wrote they wrote the screenplay with one other guy and then they both were the producers of the movie as well.
0: Yeah, it's getting paid. Get that Netflix money. Yeah. I love it.
1: That's, yeah. that's tight and then yeah the yeah. director was uh her she's was the director of fresh off the boat which is randall park's show yes
0: um yeah really loving to see randall park get to kind of go up next to ali wong they're both really just charismatic they're just yeah. kind of the people just like yeah make it two or just do another do a uh what's his name adam sandler and like drew barrymore vibe we're yeah. just like just you, keep cranking yeah, out a ton with the new premise yeah, like yeah, i yeah. love it i could see them do uh a few more of these for sure yeah. Um, especially if she's gonna be writing the story right totally agreed uh, um cool i think uh speaking of netflix let's roll into my number five yeah this movie surprised me at how freaking good it was i was not ready for this to be above anything above a c- and that movie is extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile the uh zach efron
1: ted bundy movie which are
0: not a a phrase i thought i would ever be uttering in my life
1: (laughs) yeah i heard like not good things about this movie so like i'm really anxious to hear why you liked it so much here's why i like it this is a bad idea this
0: was a bad idea like (laughs) To start and to be able to pull off a bad idea, I think is like incredible. Uh, the, the whole point of this movie is not, it doesn't really go into his crimes. There's not a lot of blood and gore, really. It's not like what you would think of when you, you hear these movies about, oh, a famous person is going to play like a serial killer or mm-hmm. a bad person from history or whatever. Um, quite the opposite. This was a extremely tense family drama about, in my opinion, uh, as uh, kind of about abusive relationships uh, and and about how the there are so many victims when things like this happen. Mm-hmm. And no one would ever think of, you know, the killer's family as being victims, but she was. And she was letting this man live in her home. They were married uh, and around her young daughter. Right. And to see how someone could kind of dismiss evidence in the face of someone they love and trust and a, a truth that's so terrifying you really cannot admit it is a it hard thing to pull off and yeah. here's the thing I, I think that a lot of the criticism was surrounding how dare you get a charming and good-looking man to play ted bundy but, but like wasn't he he supposedly was yeah. i'm sorry i see the pictures A uh, zach efron he is not so <laughs> sure uh, he I, I also am like really in the bag for Zach Efron like Zach Efron like hit me up dude I, I heard, heard like, a, I heard a funny the tweet sexiest I read a the funny planet. tweet
1: that like all the Jonas Brothers are married uh there was like one other uh you know Disney style celebrity who is married like they're all married the last one left is Zach Efron so
0: oh my gosh dude no no that would be a crime like he needs to spread his like super buff like But like Tom Cruise midgety goodness, like around the world, it's so funny because if you see him in real life, apparently he's kind of short. But just I saw him in Baywatch, and this dude is just so proportionately jacked. Yeah, I've never seen anything like his hair. Like what? I don't. He he is perfect. To quote uh, Seth Rogen in the first Neighbors movie, "Oh my God, he looks like he was made in a lab by a gay scientist." (laughs) Uh, He is. Absolutely gorgeous and really good at being charming and deceiving. Mm. Uh, and it reminded me a little bit. This is a stretch, and I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this, like, but please at me because I'm willing to talk about this all day. His portrayal of Ted Bundy reminded me of Luke P in this season <laughs> of the Bachelorette. It's like she's like, oh my like Hannah's out there, like, oh my god, you guys, like, how could this possibly be? Like, you guys are telling me one thing, all eleven of you, and he's telling me another. And I've seen him do things that aren't like that. But like, what do I do? And it's like, you don't believe him because he's going to keep lying to you. See, like, you we're, dumb we're
1: so, so different on the Luke P thing. Like, I oh disagree with you completely. I think this dude is being painted in the light that you're describing. But he is not a bad dude. I think he's a Have good dude. Have you seen
0: Monday's episode? Have you seen Monday's episode?
1: that Yep. Last Monday's? So, are, yeah. Wait, today, yeah, no, I didn't see last... Wait, yes, yeah, 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 I did see last Monday's. You
0: saw when he has the sit-down talk with her and tells her that he's freaking out that she went naked bungee jumping with another yes! guy? Yes. Oh, my God. You signed up for The Bachelorette. There are 30 dudes dating I don't the same woman. Thi- I,
1: I really think that he didn't know what he was getting himself into.
0: Then quit. Then leave. Stop bringing your weird baggage on... Everyone else can play the game, dude also i'm sorry but like there's so many better picks tyler c is an absolute daddy dude yeah tyler c is good yeah anyways i'm i'm getting shifted off track yeah.
1: catch our anyways, recap episode yeah
0: we'll, we'll be doing that <laughs> very soon uh but uh but no i i really really enjoyed zach efron's portrayal um can you look up who played the female lead in that for me oh it's
1: uh lily collins
0: yes yeah. oh my gosh
1: yeah, I love Lily Collins. She's, Billy College, she's great. She's yes. so great. Yeah. So she's having like, they, you know, they did a, Sorry, like a B, I... they did like a BBC or so, or like one of the smaller networks, like not like the CBS or one yeah. of those networks, did a like Leamas Rob like series where they did or like a mini series of Leamas Rob. Oh, I heard and, about this. Yeah, and she plays Fantine in that, which is like the role that Anne Hathaway played, and like the one that sings mm-hmm. that Dream to Dream, which is like. The best song from a musical of all time. And so like I don't know. I, I've always been a little bit uh curious about her even before this. So
0: that's interesting. Yeah, no,
1: she is awesome. Uh I can't wait
0: to see her. I I have heard so so things about yesterday, but just on the virtue of her being in it.
1: Is she in that? Is she? I uh, know that no, that, that's Lily James, yeah.
0: Oh <sighs> yeah. I can't keep it. But straight. also
1: Great. lily James also yeah. no that's <laughs>
0: another good point. Um but uh no no I I really really liked her and uh I just thought it was a way more nuanced thing than I think I think people were quick to jump on the whole how dare you have a, yeah. a regulation hottie play Ted Bundy like are you sexualizing or whatever like no we're humanizing it wasn't about humanizing him he's a piece of shit who's manipulative and you, and you see how true psychopaths could work you know right. what i mean if you have no conscience you're really able to turn that charm on regardless of the outcome or how it affects other people and i think right. it was really humanized his wife and and uh kind of everything that she went through and how a regular person could fall for this you don't have to be so you know it's like it's not like what idiot could possibly fall for ted bundy i think there's like most stories there's a little more to the below the surface and right. what you're thinking would you see it off of this?
1: I've so like off of this review, like I've gone from a no to a maybe, but like yeah. definitely not into the yes yet. Like I, I like, I don't know, like with, with I've, I I'm just trying to figure out like how I'm supposed to consume my Netflix content. It's like, there's so much? much of it. And like, I don't know, like yeah. I have to skip some, like I don't have the time to do all of them. And yeah. so that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, the other morning, like, we, a little hungover, like, just chilling out, like, we threw on wine country, and, like, I felt like I wasted an hour and 45 minutes, like, I was like, why did I even do this? It's wine ner- <laughs> country
0: was rough.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, like, I'm worried about, like, since there's so much content now, I'm so selective of the things that I want to watch, because I'm worried about wasting my time. Just because there's there's not enough time to consume it all. And so like, if I'm going to consume something, I want to make sure that it's something that is actually good. And so like that's, that's kind of where my issues are right now.
0: No, that's fair. I think in the era of streaming, it's not like what's worth my dollar because yeah. apparently nothing is worth your dollar right, anymore. Right. Uh, it's what's my time worth. You right. know what I mean? It's like you could be entertained, and I use that loosely, like nonstop with completely new content. Uh, that's you wouldn't feel any better for it and i think it kind of sometimes creates a wash where good things seem not as good and bad things seem a little bit better and everything kind of becomes this yeah yeah gray area i just think the like there's
1: no like like the great content is not as great as it was like i feel like there's because there's so many people just say like, oh it's amazing it's great it's amazing like about so many different things and so like there's the the scale is so out of whack now like yeah. It just it's so hard for me to like figure out what wasn't actually a great movie or a great what's actually a great show or like what I should be spending my time in because like it because somebody out there has said that everything is great. And so that's it's just a little bit tough, I would say.
0: No, I, I think that's a fair assessment of where we're at. I mean, I've gotta hear I, I can't even just hear a good review anymore. I need either like I need several or someone really interesting who I like pitch mm-hmm. it in a way like I get a lot of my wrecks now just from podcasts because that's the only I need to hear someone talk about it for right. like ten minutes before I decide to commit to it. So yeah, no, I feel that. I think that's fair. Um, well, uh, let's as far keep as the opposite of yeah, the opposite <laughs> small kind of more specific niche movies, we can lead into your number four.
1: Yeah, so my number four is I. Uh, okay, so to be fair, my four and my five were like. I don't know could like could have been I could have had just a top three list um, but my number I'll put Captain Marvel as my number four and the reason why I put, it, I put it there is because like <clears throat> I, I think that that movie was like the probably the most fun I've had besides Guardians of the Galaxy at a Marvel movie like it was just really yeah I, I thought I was just like really well first of all like when when I heard that Brie Larson was being just casted as Captain Marvel, like officially like to me, it made so much sense. Like I am such a Brie Larson fan. Like um, when I saw room, I was just like, dude, this is the most incredible movie I've ever seen. I remember just like crying all the way through room, like so good. And so like, and I, I just like saw her as Captain Marvel when, when it got, when she got casted. um, And I, lo- I, I loved the time period. I've thought that, so made it so like fun and interesting. Is like it was set in a um a time period that we could relate to, or that and that we like were a part of. And so I don't know. I felt like that made it a little bit more fun to watch. And then her like her, her, her character I thought was really well done. And like I thought I, I this is okay. I'll say this. This was definitely the best origin story like of a single character in the in Marvel, like. I guess the only other comparison that people would probably make is iron man one because of how much people loved iron man one but like and maybe ant-man because of the comedic value of ant-man but like you know you can't compare it to like a thor or captain america or those movies like they're they're just not as good as this one.
0: Oh man i can and i will i ride for the original captain america so hard it's one of my like least popular takes it combines everything I love, which is like the grandiosity of the superhero movie with just the full blown world war two period piece. Yeah. yeah. I love that.
1: No, I I, like to be fair, like I would put captain America as maybe like my second or third favorite origin story. But like, I don't know. I think like, I think the relatableness of like this, you know, superverse in this movie made it a lot more like engaging for me. It didn't feel so far away as some of these other movies do. It felt a lot closer which is cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was good. I had fun. I didn't leave. Uh, we all went together, didn't we? Um, Yeah, 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 yeah we did. Uh-huh. This is, yeah, this is how I'm bad, this is why it was so hard for us to do top yeah. five lists. We don't even remember. I was like, I don't know. I think I went with a fun crew, yeah. uh, which helped my enjoyment. Uh, I, I, I was I was just not a fan. I I think that they've done more. And to me, I thought this was a criminal under not underuse, but I think there could have just been way better material for mm-hmm. what I think is one of the coolest and most interesting actors to join the MCU outside of uh some of the casting they were giving in Black Panther, which right. introduced so many new characters.
1: Yeah, I was uh, think I think so- Jake Gyllenhaal's in uh, Spider Man is probably gonna oh, be my number one. Fire but, me. Yeah, um, dude, I'm, oh, I'm uh, so excited for that. Big Gyllenhaal guy. <laughs> Big Jill and head. Yeah. Uh,
0: um, I actually had, it reminded me of, uh, I I saw, I forget in what order I saw them, but Shazam came out around the same time. Mm. And I actually had a slightly better time at Shazam. I thought Shazam was drawing a little more from the Deadpool vibe of like a more PG 13 Deadpool vibe. And I really liked that. I thought it was fun. I also think Zachary Levi is like a really charming dude. Okay. Uh, and I kind of liked it more, and that kind of tainted my view on on Captain Marvel. But Captain Marvel was was really solid, and maybe I'm just holding it to a higher standard because yeah. some of those Marvel movies have accomplished like actually like really incredible stuff. Right. Uh, and I thought this was kind of just a placeholder for we got to keep this machine moving, exactly. and we got to set up some stuff uh, for you know Endgame or right. whatever. Right. Totally. Um, but no. Good pick. I uh, I I can say I agree that I just I just love Brie Larson. Give me more Brie Larson, right? In any way, shape, or form, exactly. even if I feel like she's capable of more, I'd rather have a lot of her in my life than like the amount we used to get, which was kind of few and far between. Totally. Um, so I think that'd be a good good endpoint. We can lead into my number four, which is a genre I'm super passionate about: horror. Uh, Jordan Peele's Us
1: dude like I can't do horror the last horror movie that I (laughs) saw listen to this the last horror movie that I saw was I was in 8th grade and it was one of the days that we would go to the plaza in 8th grade and it was When a Stranger Calls and I just oh my remember, god that
0: movie is horrifying dude
1: i remember sitting next to like this girl that i had a big crush on when i was that age and like <laughs> i was i was so scared and like that movie stayed with me for probably like years and so that was the last one that i could go and see
0: uh yeah whenever i would be hanging out at night at like one of our like wealthy friends' houses in Forest Ranch, they remind me of, like, the big yes. open rooms with, like, the glass. I was like, I would get freaked out. I'd be like, oh, dude, someone's for sure about to break into exactly. this giant mansion house. Um, that is a actually a great movie to be the movie that was so scary that it scared you out of yeah. horror movies, but I just love them. I cannot get enough. Uh, Jordan Peele, I was nervous, you know? It's like, Get Out was, How do you follow that up kind of thing? How do you? And the answer is, like, do you beat it? no, you just lean into what you're doing and you keep being a good, competent storyteller and director. Right. And he leaned into the horror side. This is much more of a straight-up scary movie than the dark comedy racial treatise on race like in America. That yeah. It has all those elements. And I think that those a lot of those elements are inseparable from Jordan Peele as a writer and director. Um, but he definitely was just like, let's make a really well polished super interesting not based on anything we've ever seen before horror movie right. and it's that in and of itself is like cool and then you get what he can do which is you know he has the power to get amazing casts now right um and Lapita nyong'o is i never you know she's so amazing she's so good in everything she's done and then in this you guys like oh she's capable of being fucking horrifying too like of course she's a great actor but it's like one of those things the voice that she came up with it uh, so much of it felt so new and original which in a horror movie is so hard to do Mm -hmm.
1: uh
0: and i just gotta give a shout out to the best like low-key side performance of the year it's a pair tim heidecker and uh elizabeth moss as their white couple friends oh really them playing that and then their fucked up versions of themselves which are caricatures of the characters that they were playing made for some of the simultaneously like best and funniest moments i've had at a theater Mm. this year which good horror typically can find a way to get some like laughs into or not all good horror but i mean you know some stuff is just pitch black but this had room for that without derailing any of the scariness of what was going on and uh some some just amazing fight scenes and the thing I like about Jordan Peele horror movies is that they don't do that thing where they rely on like, or, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of tropes that they hit, but they don't do the lame tropes of like, I'm going to wait to leave, or I'm going to, you know what I mean? They don't do like, they don't render themselves easily yelled out. We're like, what are you doing? Get Mm -hmm, out of there. There's mm -hmm. so much of, that's exactly what I'd be doing. Right. And it's just, he's able to surmount the problems in a way that, yeah, sometimes even if you did everything right, it's like, you know, bad guys aren't always stupid, you right. know, it's like if bad guys are smart enough, you're going to have to keep having to deal with, you know, the, these things coming up. And so, uh, but yeah, the scene, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but the scene with him and Tim Heidecker on the boat made for one of the simultaneously scariest and then like most stress re- reducing laughs I've ever had in a mm. theater. Uh, so I know you'll never see this, but I am you know, recommend I, I just might. reading a Wikipedia yeah, article
1: like, or something on it you know like i i had a i had dinner the other night with a couple friends and they the um the girl we were with was just like also raving about it and just talking about how like it's not like jump at you scary and it doesn't like really like freak you out it's more of like this is scary because this could happen like and it's still a little bit fantasized so like
0: yeah it has heavy fantasy elements yeah. which i think would help you because you so much of the actual plot is so easily dismissed of like no okay. this is you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, whereas When a Stranger Calls is frighteningly real. It's right. just a strange person trying to abduct or kill or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a young teenager, which is sadly oh. a very a legitimate thing. Right. I, yeah, dude. I don't like. The, I mean, I don't. I say I don't like them. I do like them, but those movies are the ones that really, really get to me. Right, right. Uh, so this was not like this. I didn't leave, like. Uh, quite as shook as I have from similar movies, but very good. Consider checking it out.
1: So my number three, I think was like probably one of the cooler music documentaries that I've seen in a long time. And it was, uh, the rolling thunder review, uh, which was the Bob Dylan story directed by Martin Scorsese. And dude, I think everybody should watch like anybody who like can appreciate Bob Dylan, I guess, which is like probably yeah. a shit ton of people, which is why movies like this yeah. get made. Should watch this yeah. movie. Like, it's just it's so interesting to like. To be fair, like the other night I watched um I watched Amy the movie that A twenty four produced about Amy Winehouse, and I thought it was so I was so bored, like I didn't enjoy it at all. And so I I was a little bit nervous to just go jump into like another music documentary, but man, this was out of this world, it was so cool they, they basically the premise is, is like, in 1975 um, Bob Dylan goes on this like, massive tour, after he hadn't been touring for like nine years, like he toured in like, or like I think he toured in 68, and then he didn't tour again until 75, and in 75 he went on this massive tour, he reunited with the band and like, it was a big deal, and then the next year he's like, never mind like, I'm gonna go and play these like, he wanted to create this thing Where he invited like 15 people, like it was like a huge list of artists to come and tour with him and play, like just basically the shows were like four or five hours long. Like they played him in like community centers basically, and they sold tickets for seven bucks. And they would basically show up to a city two days before, hand out flyers on the street, invite people to come to the show, and then and had play this great show with like 15 of like the biggest artists they had like Allen ginsburg there like he would do like 15 minutes of just like reading his oh poetry um and so yeah i yeah. think like it was really cool to watch that all like happen. <laughs>
0: dude i was gonna i can't let you go on anymore dude have you read anything about this movie no dude this is so i'm so happy i was i was gonna text you last night but i was like just in case this is your take, and it yeah. is, and I'm so happy it is. I was I have to let it go. This movie infuses real documentary footage with fake shit that they filmed, and Martin Scorsese and Bob Dylan actively put a bunch of lies into that movie of things that didn't happen. What? To trick people into thinking to piss off fans, and people who have been finding out have been freaking out on Twitter no like Rose- way. Dude, there's entire sections of this that are completely falsified. The guy from the uh, Paramount Pictures or whatever, who was their tour manager, supposedly. Do you know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's not, he didn't do that. Uh, but he, that guy is actually like Bette Midler's husband and he's friends with Bob Dylan and they just got him to play a fictionalized version of some guy.
1: Dude what is your
0: you mind blown and you and they and a ton of root like true fact, like real facts are in there
1: dude enough that vanity just... fair document, very vanity, vanity fair article martin scorsese bob dylan doc what's true what's fiction <laughs> no yeah it's a mockumentary
0: way. but they uses so many real elements that like legitimate fans were fooled and be like i can't believe i never heard that this person did that or whatever And it's, uh, supposedly, it's, like, the most, you know, think about it, though. Think about Bob Dylan and his relationship with his art and how seriously he takes it. Right. And how serious other people take it and how he sometimes is kind of playing the jester. Yeah. Uh, I know he's the troubadour, but I feel like sometimes he's the jester. And it's, like,
1: dude, he's clowning everybody in his, like, late 70s. So, rep Jack Tanner, 100% fake. So, this guy. Yeah. So, (laughs) so that's 100 isn't fake. that great stefan van Dorp. so the european film director the one who's like yeah. using the footage is 98 percent fake
0: yeah like it's like that person doesn't exist Same but there Shepherd. was a person okay recently. so this guy
1: was true Ser- yeah. sharon stone probably fake yeah wow is your mind blown how much did you and they give no warning
0: well they so like i guess Netflix.
1: i guess what's interesting about my take and like you know this is probably going to sound like oh that's easy for you to say like now hearing this but like i thought that the filmmaking stuff was kind of interesting and so, like i'm surprised to like hear the, how fake that no, was
0: i think that makes it better
1: the idea that he did
0: this in a way like think about it you just said i just saw the amy doc it was a snooze
1: fest i get
0: it you're you know it's like yeah these things are so formulaic this is closer to bob dylan's truth than if you covered his real thing this is who he is yeah
1: man. well so, okay so here's here's why here's what i'm okay with so like the the character of stefan van dorp who was like supposed to be the european filmmaker was fake but they are actually did hire people like go and film. like the thing that i love so much about it was the was like the actual like filming of the like the concerts and stuff yeah. like that like yeah. i was I, those were mate. it was like really really incredible to see that so at least that is your mind blown right now though dude that's that makes me like it so much more yeah like that I, I puts was it really like
0: interested I, I would never have watched it and then i heard all this shit and i'm like listen i know it's like it's a long one too isn't it over like two hours uh yeah it was like 214 mm-hmm. yeah so i had to wait until i could clear some time there was some other stuff i wanted to see first but i'm definitely gonna watch this I just was so happy when you put it on. I was like, "This is gonna make for great TV." If Justin oh, has no idea that like how shit is fake, and and Scor- just the combo of Scorsese and Dylan getting together and coming up with this concept is like what I would give to have been a fly on the wall, like in that room when Scorsese's like, "All right, so I've got this idea,"
1: <laughs> like, dude. So the, the Netflix the netflix statement about it is the film was not a typical documentary meaning marty and, and team cleverly blended fact and fiction to conjure it, the essence of the tour and the times we are not specifically discussing all the choices and why and want to keep the surprise elephants of the film for first time viewers to experience as they are watching
0: what <laughs> brilliant dude in this era like think about like of like
1: Reality TV, everything. Oh, my God.
0: That's a great... I think that's a great statement on, like, you know, fake news era, like, what is real, what is not, Um, and people's assumptions about, you know, it came out on Netflix. It's starring Bob Dylan and directed by Scorsese. It must be true. Oh, my God. I definitely got to give that a a watch. I'm so happy, dude. I'm so happy right now that I got to be a part of seeing you in real time have your
1: mind blown dude i'm done talking about this movie
0: (laughs) oh my god you
1: you look rock to your core dude dude that is wild that is so wild i feel like it's irresponsible of the times to to like they should like it's so it's a bob dylan duck yeah but like this isn't news no but but like in the era in the fake news era like i feel like we should they should be more careful like that's all it is
0: that's the point i think they're saying why is it always you know it's like why is it media's job to like babysit us like do your research there's a lot it's this is very easily like fact checkable sure you go google was shared you know it's like whatever and like that's the other problem we get all of our information from a few sources you know and it's like it shows how susceptible people are in the fleeting nature of truth uh and i think he's making a statement of like hey people do your damn research and stop accepting everything even if you see it with your own eyes it might not be enough
1: that is crazy yeah
0: I like the choice. I I consider it irresponsible or not. I'm honestly near. I like I think it more. It's a great call. I like yeah. it more. Yeah. All righty. Um, transitioning into my number three. This is the movie that bumped Always Be My Maybe from my list. I saw it last night, and man, did I just have a great time! Toy Story Four. I love Pixar movies. I like some more than others. There's a few where I'm like, meh, you know, this mm-hmm. is still an ab- a great accomplishment, above average movie. L- they all look beautiful. Yeah. Toy Story 4 was nice because uh, I'm assuming you've seen Toy Story 3 in the I've, last nine years.
1: Uh, the last nine years, I've seen it, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've had a lot of time to catch up. So this wasn't like uh, Avengers. Where you're like, shit, I got to watch 30 movies that were made in the last four years right. to, <laughs> be, uh, to be caught up. They gave us plenty of time. Uh, Toy Story 4, I think straight away from some of the stuff that is Pixar has become really, really known for, which is mad manipulative, like emotional heartstring pulling. Like yeah. the end of Toy Story 3 between the incinerator and like Andy going to college is like sobbing. Right. I was a high, school, high schooler about to graduate at the time. That was a horrifying, you know, movie at times. Right. You know, to think about these these uh, sentient beings basically going to spend the rest of their life like without meaning. Right. Uh, And I think, I think Toy Story 4 did a great job of tackling the kind of like weirdly the Toy Story after three became like this very existentialist, like deep text. I feel like that asks like harder questions about like, what would it really mean for this toys that don't seem to die or age or do anything as the rest of the world changes and moves around them. Uh, And I think Toy Story 4 tackles that in a less heavy-handed way through the introduction of a character named Forky. (laughs) Uh, Forky is a spork with a little pipe cleaner tied around his arms, googly eyes glued on, and little popsicle sticks for feet. And as soon as Bonnie writes uh, her name on this toy's feet, the way she has on uh, Woody's, the toy comes to life and is voice acted by the hilarious Tony Hale, who plays Buster from Arrested Development. Mm -hmm. Uh, Forky begins out his life wanting to simply jump in the trash. (laughs) He, uh, He says, I'm trash, and it's where he belongs. He's like, I should have been used in maybe a chili, perhaps a hot dog, and then thrown away. That's my lifespan. And eventually, Woody has to kind of explain to him the reason for being is that, you know, as a toy, he can really fulfill this girl's life and make her life easier and help her and be a part of her joy and and truly be loved and uh in that he decides okay i'm okay with this and this is you know it's like oh like trash he he loves trash there are a lot of hilarious trash metaphors Mm -hmm. Um, i think this film does a great job of talking about why are any of us here especially when we don't choose to be Hmm. and that our circumstances are not in our control, but our attitude towards them is. And that might be me going way too ham on it, but I do think movies are loaded with a lot more meaning than maybe they, I think the this is the second funniest toy story movie behind toy story one, which is chock full of like some hilarious visual gags. And this one kind of goes back to that in a lot of really funny ways and, and leverages the kind of, wide variety of toys and and you know what would that toy be like in in a hilarious way key and peel being added to the voice acting uh cast is amazing uh i think uh i think uh oh uh our boy keanu reeves yeah he's in this also is in it as a canadian version version of evil knievel duke kaboom yeah and it is also you know he's he's on fire he's having a great year that was one of the funniest parts of the whole movie
1: give me like your quick like ranked toy story movies one through four hmm
0: this is hard toy story three is maybe objectively the best movie sure yet it's so heavy that i don't know if i'd get the same enjoyment out of it personally so i i think i'm gonna go and just really shake it up here because we're on a take show and why not i think i'm gonna go toy story one is number one because it was my childhood Mm mm-hmm i probably wore that vhs out like i you know wanted my room to look like andy's room i didn't but i just remember it being if i could just get that toy chest full right. of all those really <laughs> cool toys uh and the introduction of the aliens which are to my mind one of the funniest parts of any anime pretty iconic ever yeah mm-hmm. the
1: claw you see the a claw, claw machine sho- you say the claw like, yeah just, you say
0: yeah. Ooh. Mm, yeah. the claw chooses who will go and who will stay is still like one of my favorite uh things. Uh, And so I will go number one. I think I'll go number four, then three, then two. Whoa. Not a fan of two. uh, But there are some really good bits to it. uh, Like Jesse's song? Dude, no, dude. (laughs) That is too hardcore. That is like the definition of like the manipulative stuff in the Pixar movies. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like, I think there's only one manipulative Pixar movie that I really, really fell for, which is god damn up is maybe the one of the best movies ever made i i've never cried the first so 15
1: minutes of up or the is the best part of up it's like the yes. only part but like after that it's like no. dude I like. is Doug. there even a movie after that i don't even yeah, remember it's that like an adventure movie. he goes him and that little boy
0: are looking for kevin yeah the uh bird sure and there's a lot of really great little bits there and i think that's what i like these pixar movies the most is when they're playing like almost like forties or fifties or like silent movies. Like they have these really well thought out, like kind of visual gags or little like simplistic jokes, you know, like uh, I like I like the dog Doug having the voice thing and what their interpretation of what a dog would be thinking and saying.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: I still, to this day will quote scroll whenever I'm distracted. So toy story four is, um, great uh and it's just a real more lighthearted watch than some of them i think that we need that right now
1: sure you want to get
0: into your number two drum roll
1: our number twos our number two we agreed on something (laughs) it's the first time in forever i know you (laughs) Uh, do you break it down well we did a we did a short episode on this but we uh book smart is our number two um Mm -hmm. i think that i think we liked probably liked it for different reasons I think the reason why I liked it is that like I think the characters were were really 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 well acted. I thought the story was like it really did feel like what they were comparing it to was was uh, super bad, and it really did feel like a modern super bad. Um yeah. With like the little subtleties, like the fact that they were using Uber and like it was like their principal driving it and like stuff like that. Like I, I thought that that was that, that made it really fun, and then. Um, yeah i i I thought really the only reason why i made it up here so high in my list is because like as far as like characters go in movies this year like this is these are some of the best characters in the movies this year
0: yeah these this uh cast was phenomenal i mean all of these this is one of those things where it's like think about what happened out of super bad like the most known quantity in that movie was michael cera right and he had the least probably impressive career after i mean jonah hill academy mm-hmm. award nominated jonah hill right was originally like this was his big breakout as like like kind of like a schlubby fat kid who loves dick jokes
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh and then he goes on to play uh really really exciting roles yeah. uh and diverse roles in a lot of stuff uh emma stone i think got her
1: yeah she big, was, that was like her first movie yeah
0: yeah And uh, even Christopher Mintz-Plaz had a nice little career there for a while doing the comedies. I I really liked uh, the, what was it, Kick-Ass that Mm -hmm. he was in. I thought he did a good job. I liked him in Neighbors. Um, And I think that was just one of those movies that was like, that was like the movie of our generation, I, I believe. Even though I think it was tackling a version of high school that kind of maybe still existed, but was more to my knowledge as far as, if they were trying to portray a, like a California school, which yeah. I think they insinuate it's in Los Angeles also, mm. that would have probably been more of the nineties, the way sure. everyone's acting and behaving and, and the kind of bullying stuff. That's what I think was really nice about uh book smart is it's a totally fair analogy. I think to call it a modern day, super bad, as long as you don't hold super bad against it and understand that times have changed. And right. they did a really good job of, I think, portraying how kids are today. Uh, it was a lot closer to, I think what, our high school experience was like was a mm. little bit closer to the book smart uh thing than than super bad even though super bad literally came out like
1: yeah i think like the the, the best take of right the best take for us like from from book smart is just the fact that like those were our friends like the the guys who got into really great schools who were really smart and partied a lot and so like, like it was kind of funny to watch genius. that
0: yeah um, <laughs> yeah no it was really cool to play out and to see um, these tropes that I think aren't even they, they, it would have been easy to do the cool kid the whatever mm. you know like a lot of stuff. everybody's a little bit of everything which yeah. I think is so much more true to the high school experience now and uh, and and it allowed for some really cool nuanced stuff. The rich kid who's kind of showing off yeah having one of the coolest, most tender moments in the entire movie. Uh, I like that actor. I've seen him in some stuff. He's kind of one of those, that guy from that thing. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's going to go on to do really, really cool stuff. Uh, the stars, uh, do you know, do you happen to remember their names? Um, one of let's just pull it up real quick. Yeah. Uh, while you're pulling that up though, I will say star of the movie, hands down, in the sort of McLovin-esque role, Billy Lord. So good. Just yeah. crushing. Oh my gosh. And I... I don't know what I expected when you're the daughter of, like, Carrie Fisher, and, like, of course, you kind of got this in your blood, but she played one of the most original characters I think I've seen in, like, five years, Uh, and it was right there. It's one of those things where it's, like, such a simple idea, but of, like, I kind of knew that person. Right. It seems like a mix. I'm not going to name names, but of a few people that I knew uh, in high school and college. (laughs) Uh, and so, uh, yeah, no, but, but I really, really enjoyed all of her antics and the kind of weird mysticism surrounding her character where she would just show up places. Right. And she's like, why aren't you wet? And he's like, why are you wet? (laughs) Or or no, it's, uh, why aren't you wet? And then she turns the other two and goes, why aren't you wet?
1: Right. Um, Uh, so it's the two actors are it's Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Dever. Beanie Feldstein is, uh, Jonah Hill's sister. Wait, are you not even playing with me right now? No, that's that's true.
0: That just seems too on point, but I mean I I buy it. I I could see it.
1: I love it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%.
0: Oh my goodness. I thought you knew that. I had I knew she I feel like I knew that she was related to somebody, but I feel like when I heard that that was like too on the nose for the comparison of the movies and I was like Yeah. Like, I may have conflated it with just what I thought about the movie. but Yeah, uh, fair enough. That was, it was a great movie. Um, t- uh, really liked Jason Sudeikis in it, too. It, I kind of, for, it's been a while. Yeah. Jason, I miss you. Be in more things.
1: <laughs> we, we miss you, Jason Sudeikis.
0: Jason Sudeikis, if you're watching this, dude, just, we miss you. I get it that your wife is awesome and is having a dope career, but, like. Come on, get out there do some right. more studio comedies <laughs> for your boys. Uh, oh, and just also a big shout out, Mike O'Brien as the pizza man. I yeah, will say no so more. That, good. Is, yeah. that is one of the funniest, like, I think he's in the movie maybe for like two and a half minutes total, yeah, maybe scene. less.
1: Yeah, scene and a half.
0: Really. Uh, yeah, kind of. And for the one of the best payoffs ever. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love him. I got to go. Uh, Kind of improvised, not with him, but in the same show as him. At one point in LA, and he was doing the—he wasn't doing the main stage. He was doing the underground cafe over at UCB, which is literally like where 101 kids go to like test their obviously shitty ideas. And the fact that he was just jumping in on one few guys that he knew was like, I was like, this guy's real. And this was after he had already been on SNL. Um, So I I have mad respect for the guy, and having met him in real life, and such a nice guy, and was. You know, a lot of people blow you off in comedy. It's really annoying because the most annoying thing about your job is that other people that do your job are right. fans of you, but only ones who, not only, but a lot, mostly ones who suck at it. And then so it's, you're put in this bad position where you have to like talk to people that you like kind of despise a little, right. but you need because they're technically your fans. And there are a lot of guys that are just like, I've met chris delia He is not <laughs> super nice and warm and open. <laughs> Uh, uh, he's not rude or mean or anything, he's a little short and just doesn't really, whatever. And is just like, you know, yeah, he's just living his life. But Mike O'Brien is a real class act, so big shouts to Mike O'Brien. Um, all right, your number Let's one, which is up, probably, dude. probably the most more justified. I haven't seen this yet, so I really can't speak to it.
1: Yeah, so my number one is The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I thought that um I didn't I didn't really know what I was getting myself into and I watched this movie and I didn't know much about it all I, I kind of knew it was about like gentrification and like you know what that looks like in San Francisco and like having friends that we that I know live in San Francisco and like you know what I know it's what it's like to own home own properties or like rent properties or like whatever it is there um I, I'm familiar at least with that much of the plot um but it ended up being so much more than that so like basically what the plot is is like there's this guy his name is jimmy jimmy fails who's also the guy's real name and is the guy who wrote the screenplay um and he has this affinity with this home in san francisco that that's like um in golden gate park and so it's like a multi-million dollar home really really beautiful and he has this affinity because he says that his grandfather built this home and he, he goes, so people live in this home and he goes to this home every couple of weeks and like paints the shutters and like cleans up the garden, even though the family that lives there, like doesn't want him there. Um, yeah. but he still goes there cause he loves this home and he's like, he's a poor kid. He lives on the floor of his best friend's house. His best friend's played by this guy, Jonathan majors. Who's like was so, so amazing in this movie. Um, And what it ended up being is, like, this really, really beautiful story about, like, two best friends. And um, when we, like, walked out of the movie, we were just kind of talking about how there hasn't really been a really fantastic, like, realistic portrayal of male friendship that, like, struck a chord quite like this did. Um, it, It just, like, you know, I don't know. It's just... It was really 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 I think it was a really special movie. It was really beautifully shot too. The whole like the way that it was filmed was amazing and the acting. These guys are these guys aren't in a lot of movies. Like they're they're pretty unknown actors for the most part and they absolutely were amazing. Um I mean, I'll see pretty much anything that A24 produces and yes. This is this was one that I was really really happy about seeing cuz I thought it was I thought it was a really special movie and like probably the only one on my list that like really deserves its spot and like really deserves to be uh, uh, like a talking point in 2019 so far.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited to go see that. I, uh, you know, kept kind of like waiting around. I'm nervous that I may have missed my opportunity. Uh, so I might have to either like drive down to like, like Hill- the Hillcrest, like, yeah. or, like house cinema or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, like, totally. maybe will have it. Uh, I think but, it's actually um,
1: getting a more nationwide release now because it was. So will do an another account. like yeah. rollout. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because, Yo, fingers crossed. A twenty four does a great job with those as far as finding a way to let regular people see these movies that right. are exceptional and just picking good projects, uh, whether they're from more known quantities or that seems like a lot of completely fresh faces. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fresh voices. Uh, So really excited to see that It does strike me as the first movie of the year Which is trailer wise where I'm like Oh Oscar contender Maybe like nomination probably won't win Because the Oscars
1: Yeah Yeah, I I would be surprised because like every year There's like one movie that comes out in the beginning Half of the year that ends up making it Onto the Oscar circuit a little bit And so like I think this is going to be that movie this year Um... Yeah I think that This Is Us Was kind of like Or no no sorry not This Is Us I'm combining Us
0: And, and yeah so what was the of, uh what's not not us um uh get out yeah get out was but definitely early the last yeah Oscars where it was like mm-hmm. it came out really really early and mm-hmm. it was just
1: yeah yeah and then uh like two or three years ago when Viggo Bornson got nominated for best actor he was in this movie called Captain Fantastic and that was an early movie as well and if you haven't seen Captain Fantastic like it's in my top 50 of all time like it is i really gotta
0: watch that you've you've you ride pretty hard for this just like and like vigo mortensen in general like ever since this came out like i feel like you're gonna you're gonna be like yo dude eastern promises dog (laughs) you gotta gotta fire it up
1: i i yeah i'm a big fan of crying in movies and i sobbed at the end of captain fantastic so definitely worth the watch yeah
0: yeah um Good, I'll definitely have to check out the last Black man in San Francisco. Hopefully it does get a nice, big, old, wide release. That'd be awesome for yeah. some some new guys to get that, that kind of love totally. and, and money to be and able money. to make yeah, it. Exactly. exactly. Mainly. Uh, um, this is leading into my number one, which is a contentious number one, but it's a Drew number one. It's like the most near and dear to my heart. This is everything I want in a movie. Uh, it has Schmaltz. I also love to cry. Uh, but I'm a very like cathartic crier I often cry at like really cheesy stuff uh it has music your boy just loves a good musical i I ride or die for these um I don't think I have like missed a major movie musical in the last like five years I think the greatest showman is the only one I really missed but Skip I think it. I caught... it's the worst yeah I heard it was not good so <laughs> I didn't I didn't really want to tarnish my my very good feelings towards Zac Efron yeah. and Zendaya mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: but it's a musical and then what what do I love more than anything period pieces set in LA during the 60s <laughs> and 70s I am talking about Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic uh, I thought I was going to be alone on this I thought this was going to be one of those things where like am I the idiot who got duped into liking we will What's the Queen one?
1: Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Bohemian Rhapsody, I was about to call it We Will Rock You.
1: Whatever, that who cares? Throw, a better name. Throwaway movie of the century. That
0: would have been a better name because it felt a lot more like that song than the nuance of Bohemian Rhapsody. It just yeah. sounded like the people were shouting at us for two hours. <laughs> uh, but Rocket Man really succeeds where Bohemian Rhapsody didn't. One, in having the input of the main person who we find interesting. I get it, Brian May and all the Queen guys. We're able to give input on Bohemian Rhapsody, but like Brian May, I give like one quarter shit about everyone else. I'm like, who are you? I forget your names. Yeah. Like, Stop making this movie about you get to Freddie Mercury. Right. Uh, This movie had the ex- like express help of Elton John. And like, does that make for maybe a slightly less honest movie? Perhaps maybe you want someone who's like a little outside to give a more critical thing, but I think it gives the, a very honest portrayal of what it felt like to be elton john and it did seem like one of the very more like good first person dives as far as these musical biopics go and the inclusion of elton john allowed for some really dope arrangements and interesting ideas that i think they would not have gotten away with if he wasn't involved and said oh no i'm all about this They transformed it instead of a movie where, okay, the origin story, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll show him in a studio coming up with the riff or whatever. Uh, Instead, they integrate all of his music into parts of his life as if it's a Broadway musical. Full Mm -hmm. on dance numbers, people looking at the camera, you know what I mean? Uh, And I like that. I know it's not for everybody. Um, Critics seem to enjoy it. It had a very high tomato score uh especially for as far as these things go i thought this would have been a hard 50 just because like half the people would have loved it half the people would have hated it totally uh but i found it like completely intoxicating i did not want it to end i cried multiple times the relationships shown between his family were nuanced uh rich maybe a little cliche god does he really hate his parents (laughs) uh but uh and the, and the relationships he had with various women and men i thought were handled in a really good way uh what's his name who's the character The got richard madden from mm-hmm. game of thrones, game of thrones dude?
1: yeah
0: holy cow dude this guy is just like i i kind of like forgot about that and he's oh no yeah, wait you great.
1: mean richard madden from ibiza right that's what you're talking about is that is he in that movie? Yeah, he's, he's like the the main love interest.
0: Oh, wait, no no no, you mean Richard Madden from Ibiza. <laughs> right. <laughs> um no, but he he's like a smoother James Bond. Mm. That Scottish accent, like his suits. Like holy cow, dude, women are going to women and gay men are going to lose it yeah. or just me. If you're me, I was like <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Oh, oh my gosh, dude, he is incredibly charming so good at playing a kind of guy who uses his charm for nefarious-esque purposes you right. know a phenomenal bad guy hmm. and just uh the, the performances were, were really really good i was very interested that uh it took me till the end of the movie to figure out that it was bryce dallas howard oh really playing his mom yeah because she's doing a full-on like "Hey there, love okay like like just like a full british accent yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to lie, uh, it, it was dope. The singing was on par, and hearing that uh, he was able to... Uh, what's that actor's name? Taryn Edgerton. Taron Edgerton, yeah. yes. Uh, not Egerton, I found out. Yeah. I've been calling him Taron Egerton. I always get him and Ansel Elgort. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> just name-wise, just name I know right. their face. Uh, but Taryn Edgerton is... I love the Kingsman one. I haven't seen Kingsman two. I I've yeah. heard whatever stuff. I had a very good vibe on him at the beginning, but I'm like, we'll see. There's a lot of people that can't quite quite pull it together. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just, I just think he's going to go on to do some incredible. Things. The fact that he was able to get even close to like Elton singing level and that he's been doing some like live shows with yeah. Elton mm-hmm. to me is like really telling that like, that's hard. That is a really bold move for someone who's already a known quantity. It's like you don't have a lot to lose if you're like, this is your opening debut role. And I feel like for these musicals, a lot of times they do that. They'll get some Broadway kid, did whatever, and then it'll be great singing. But then their acting is so like child of Broadway, like just too over the top and kind of like uh, melodramatic. He's a phenomenal actor who learned how to sing and dance. Great for this movie. And... I mean,
1: what they just like messed up about Bohemian Rhapsody is like they like Rami Malek was the right choice for that role. Like he looks mm-hmm. the role and he could. It could have been great. It just wasn't written well. And it wasn't like it just yeah. didn't. It what didn't feel authentic. It wasn't didn't feel cohesive. It was like it didn't it feel felt old. Yeah. It
0: honestly felt like I was like this is what's the best we can do in. 2019 or right. whatever it's 2018 like i was just like i think we are more and that's what i felt this was this was a swing yeah and i like swings and it i know that i say stuff often just to like try and entice to what i know you like but like i have i've said it before and i'll say it again it is crazy to me that this was not directed by damien chazelle Based on like the 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 moves they make, I don't want to. I just
1: like can't like, believe it, dude. It, like he's got go such a. It. I like I I know. Like I was gonna go. I'm on saying this specifically
0: weekend, but... La La Land. Yeah. And no. I don't think he maybe captures some of the high drama yeah. that La La Land captures, which is just like. But I think musical number wise, and his use of certain stuff reminds me of someone who's like, let's make a fantastical movie. Like let's really do something new, feeling. And that's what I go to the movies for. I, I'm in an era of reboots, and you know what I mean. Men in Black content
1: or, or, to Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like it's like I want something that feels fresh. Otherwise, why are we doing this? Right. It's just to. It's just another line item in Universal sheet for the year of you know what well, we. In the Furious movie, what are our other three big ones going to be? And then someone's like, "Let's put the Rock in a reboot of something," and we're like, "Sure."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I really like that this was a big budget, well done movie uh, that was trying something new. Also, the real star, dude, Elton John's costume swag mm-hmm. is just, I could have watched just that. You know yeah, what I mean? I could have yeah. watched a full documentary on him choosing his outfits and doing that. Uh, but but the place, the sense of place in both Britain and uh, LA mm-hmm. in the in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, Mostly was just spot on, and I, I loved it. And I can't wait for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to come out, so I can go back,
1: (laughs) back to that time period,
0: back to that time period, and get that that vibe. I really do think that go see Rocket Man and go see it in theaters before it goes out. Like I do think if you don't like it, I'll go. I'll. I promise, I will pay for that ticket. All right, all right, I'll take you up on that. All right, perfect. those are our top flicks guys thanks for hanging in there if you're still around yeah I, uh, I don't I don't know do we have any other closing stuff do we want to do any pitches uh before we wrap up of like any quick hit TV show stuff that you think might be worth uh bringing to people's attention the only
1: thing that like I that's probably that's not like a mainstream watch right now like I think besides like big little lies which is incredible. Um, I haven't started yet. Oh my god, this show is amazing! Yeah, this show is amazing. Yeah, Um, I've
0: I've seen, I've seen season one. I just haven't started. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. uh, Episode two of this season is like has like one scene in there that I was, I like, was like my jaw was dropped. Like this, that was an incredible scene. So definitely worth. Is it as
0: stressful as season one? I just remember being like having my blood pressure rise throughout that. Even like when, just like adam scott or reese witherspoon yeah, yeah. dealing with each other i'm like oh dude this scares the hell out of me there's,
1: there's some stressfulness to this especially because like meryl streep meryl streep oh dude she's batting so a
0: good. batting 300 dude, here like so what?
1: good um but other uh, but like you know, on a less serious note the chef show on netflix uh, is that good oh it's so good dude because it's got obsessed. john Favreau in it right yeah, he's, he's a, he, he does yeah meryl. Yeah, so, like, basically, it's, like, John Favreau and this guy, this Chef Roy, who's, like, was... Roy Choi? Yeah, from, uh, he does, like, the the food trucks. He, so, like, they basically just, like, cook with a bunch of different people and just, like, chill, and that's it. And they just talk about food a lot and talk about, like, the restaurants and talk about, you know, they talk about the movie all the time. Because, like, really all it came down to is, like... John Favreau really loved making the movie Chef. And he's like, I just want to do that more. And so they're like, all right, Netflix here. Netflix is like, here's a couple thousand dollars. Like, go do you it get more. a series. Yeah. You get a series. <laughs> right. right, right. But yeah, oh, it's man. definitely worth watching.
0: Oh man, what an era to be like a semi-known quantity and just know that like if you have a thing, there's like a a weird like Considering the odds in, in what it takes to like normally get a movie or a project made, knowing that right now your odds might legitimately be like pre-pitched, like 50-50 yeah. mm-hmm. on getting something made is incredible. Yeah. And I think it's done some like really interesting stuff. I love Netflix's like food programming slate. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Did not get enough. Uh did you see acid heat salt yeah. fat? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my God. Just talk about like just you you could cut her out. I could just do slow shots of yeah. like meat braising or like soup cooking, like all day. Um, I've heard of so street food is really
1: out. good too. That's not next on my really list. Bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Um, one thing I want to pitch, I haven't even finished it. I just watch it in the background while my mom is watching. Uh, and it has a little something for everyone and is genuinely funny and and keeps having people in it where I'm like, oh shit, they're in this. Uh, Dead to Me with Christina Applegate mm. and Linda carlini Okay. Uh about a woman whose husband has died and she enters a support group for other people who have lost people and then befriends this kind of, like, fucked-up person. That's interesting. Uh, it reminds me if they exclusively expanded the intro, like, 15-minute concept from Fight Club right. where he's just attending <laughs> attending support groups yeah. to, like, latch off of their cathartic sense of release. Uh, there's uh, James Marsden is in it and plays a major role uh another guy i just love and i can't get enough and i think is very good at being simultaneously like one of the most handsome people ever and being really funny right quick uh and so i'd say check that out and then i still haven't finished it i know it's over and everybody's already been hyping it uh since it got started towards the end of game of thrones but chernobyl Mm. chernobyl is the best show of the year i have I mean, I don't think it'll get nominated for the other stuff because it's a miniseries and it'll be Mm. just to the miniseries thing. But it's the best show of the year. It's the best six hour movie of the year Mm. is the best thing that has been made this year. And I just it is so perfect for the times. Uh, A lot of this stuff can be mapped to a lot of, you know, belief in government in general and problems that can come. When people unquestioningly accept stuff from their superiors, uh, but man, the acting in this—I uh, forget the main guy's name—but Stellan Skarsgård is the older Skarsgård, mm-hmm. I believe. Okay, yeah, Stellan, per usual, just crushing it. Um, and the use of uh, <laughs> the use of British character actors to yeah. play Russians and not doing any attempt to do a shitty Russian accent is one of my favorite moves ever in a show. In another world, everybody's doing, oh, Boris and Natasha from, like, Rocky and Bowinkle, and yeah. it's sad as hell, and it starts to get cheesy. No, they just let a ton of really good actors act. Uh, I believe one of the miters is repping a full-blown, like, Scottish accent. Yeah. Even... And and it's a little jarring at first, but then yeah. you realize it's like, no, this is great. You're just letting these people out. Right. That's um, cool. Chernobyl's amazing. Please go see it.
1: Yeah. Maybe next um, time maybe Next time we could do, uh, we'll wrap it up with like songs and albums. Bro, to listen to. we should, because my I was actually thinking about doing that, but it's so
0: off pace. I would have gone for another like 30 minutes. I have yeah. a weird rotation right now. No. I will give you only one insight into the... Currently fiddler on the roof original motion picture soundtrack <laughs> final on repeat tight. as much as i can every day no way no better way to blow off steam That's you can get one pick in
1: what do you got um, if you got one pick um one pick um okay well i'll say this like i'm about to listen to tame and paula for the first time like i have like all of their music downloaded on my phone right now and I'm going uh on a plane on, in two days, and so I'm gonna listen to it for the first who time. Who are you? Yeah. So <laughs> who are these these okay, we're gonna do a new section.
0: Uh things Justin hasn't seen. Right. Yeah. Like or or no, how has Justin never heard of this? Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> um, dude, I love you to Anyone watching, we love you. Thank you so much for tuning into the first ever live edition DRL, of the Drew babies. Review. DRL, once again, at MTV. Please don't see us. You guys later.